0: Back With ease, Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smith into the box. Smith Row scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colors. Hello and welcome to Away from Hale End. This is a very exciting project that I've been working on for a while since I created this account. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been. With me now for almost nine months at the hail end productions account at balagunner14 it's really just a passion of mine following you know the arsenal academy and hail end and, and has been for a long time and um, i'm very excited to be sharing this newest project with everyone which is called the way from hail end where i'm gonna detail for you what our youngsters are doing when they are not training with the academy training with the first team playing with the academy and when they're out on loan and when they're representing their international sides, especially during those times of the year when we don't have Arsenal to watch and we're all wondering what our players are up to. I really can't say enough about how exciting this class of young players is at Arsenal. I don't know a time that the academy has been this flushed with talent. Obviously, there's been great talents to come from Hale End over the past 20 years. Ashley Cole, Jack Wilshire. Uh, Fabregas doesn't really count, but, of course, spent some time there after he came over from Barcelona. Saka, Serge Gnabry, Reece Nelson. I mean, tons of players, players who are currently with the setup, players who have left, but you know them, you love them. Uh, I've interacted with so many other people who have the same passion as I do for this team and for Hale Ends specifically. So I'm excited to share this with everybody and and hopefully get a lot of interactions. For starters, it's just going to be me, Talking about the players, especially this first episode, I'm going to run through what the season has looked like on loan for our players, who's gone out on loan, where they've gone, how they've played, how they've performed, what to expect from them for the rest of the season, what to expect for them next season. You know, the things that you'd want to know, especially when the players don't play for your team and not all of us have the time to keep track of the 11 different clubs, 12 different clubs that our players are representing at the moment. Uh, I won't be covering players on loan that aren't a part of the academy. I won't be covering Guendouzi or Torreira or even Saliba. Obviously, they may come up, but that isn't the main focal point of this podcast. Uh, the podcast is going to be about your hale players who are out on loan currently and how they are performing. I plan on and hope to have fans of those clubs come and join me on the podcast. Tell me You know, how this player has changed the dynamic of their team, what they've done good and bad, if they think they're even performing well. You know, players who really know those teams better than I do. I'm not going to sit here and say I know enough about Millwall to speculate on the impact of Daniel Ballard past what I have seen with my own eyes. But to have a Millwall fan on or a Doncaster fan on or a Sheffield Wednesday fan on would be a pleasure and something I hope listeners and people I interact with on Twitter can help me set up. If you have a friend who's a fan of one of those, Clubs and you think they'd be a good addition? Please set me up with them. I'd love to chat with them either off air and, and relay their comments, or, or have them come on the podcast and join me. It's very exciting, and I know I interact with people on Twitter all the time about this, but I think this is a great medium to to discuss it and, and a much easier way of digesting so much information. I mean, those cracking threads and whatever are, are great and all, but I think this will be a lot of fun for me and a lot of fun for for anyone who listens, especially those accounts that I interact with regularly. I think they really have a passion for this as well and want to hear more. And that's what I'm here for, just to really inform the fans of what's going on outside of the club, because it's a very exciting time for Hail End. And there are so many young players that there, there genuinely isn't enough room for them in the first team and there never will be, but it's just fun to have that connection. And I mean, I know I personally still love watching players like Josh De Silva, uh, Serge Gnabry, Jeffrey Natalie, Adelaide, uh, hale End players who didn't quite make it at Arsenal, but I, I really enjoy just watching them, and hoping for them to succeed because I spent so much time watching them at Arsenal at Hale End, they get their senior debut. You know these types of things are they're, they mean the world to these players, and whether or not they make it at Arsenal is a whole other level. But I mean, you hear the way Saka and Smith Rowe talk about playing for Arsenal and. You know, it it really is a culture thing, and it all starts. It all starts at age eight, age nine, age ten. Whenever you join the academy, that's really when it starts. So let's get to the content. Let's get to what the people want to hear about. Uh, we're in February now. Obviously, more than half the season gone by. Uh, we've had both the summer and January transfer windows. Fifteen players have gone on loan from End alone this year. Um, that's quite a bit for Arsenal. Usually, it's more in the eight range, six to eight. Sometimes less, sometimes more. Obviously. But that's quite a bit, and that's because it really is a jam-packed academy at the moment. There are so many good players at so many positions. I mean, even with these 15 players out on loan, there are still players who aren't getting weekly minutes at the U23 level that deserve it. That's how good this class is. I mean, in midfield alone, Patino, Aziz, Salah Dean, Jack Henry Francis. I mean, that's four players right there in the center mid who are currently not on loan. Aziz was on loan, but home now. Uh, who can't all get minutes at the same time. I mean, let alone Catalan Siergen is going to come back into the team. There are a lot of young players at Arsenal that need minutes, and that's why loans are so important. And it's not an easy task, picking out a good loan for a player. You can send someone somewhere, and whether it's injury or whether it's managerial style, sometimes a manager gets fired. Sometimes that's better or worse. In Matt Smith's case this year, that has been a huge plus that their manager got fired. He has completely turned his game around since they left. But that's just really overarching looking at the situation. But let's just talk strictly about the players. I mean, the first player I want to discuss is Jordy Tutu, who's a player that i am been incredibly high on for a long time. He is exactly what teams look for in a modern wingback. He's good going forward. He has excellent technical skill. He has great recovery speed. Yes, he needs to fine-tune some of his defensive aspects. He does fill that modern role great. And in his first loan in 2019-2020 at Bochum in the second division in Germany, he really found his stride towards the end of the season. Uh, He made 16 starts total, 10 starts of the last 11 games where he had four goals and three assists in those games. He finally was healthy, was able to stay on the pitch and show exactly what he can do and what he has done at the youth level. Um, he looked great going forward, his crosses often on target. And so he came back, went to Cardiff injury struck the Cardiff loan didn't work out, came back, had a, you know, solid preseason training, made a couple of appearances for the U 23s and was sent out, uh, on loan to Nottingham. And he started their first two games at left back, which was an unfamiliar position for Jordy. He had, he had spent a tiny bit of time there, here and there filling in, but not one that he was a regular at. And he played great truthfully he really played he added another level to their game i mean us arsenal fans obviously have seen jed spence play on that right side for them and what he's done for them both defensively and going forward jordy was offering that similar outlet on the left side and nottingham fans were really impressed in those first two games uh that first game he had 5 successful dribbles he had 90% pass completion percentage he won 12 of 19 ground duels and was fouled 5 times i mean to win that many ground holes at the left-back position, obviously they were targeting that wing um, when they were playing, but man, that, that was a pretty dominant performance from a guy who hadn't played a lot in that position and really added a lot going forward. He allowed the forward to be an inverted forward. He, he made runs down that left wing and swung in some nice balls. Um, unfortunately, in his second game, he, he injured his hamstring 17 minutes into the game, and that was it he was out for the next 6 or 8 weeks came back and trained with arsenal took him a while to get back on track and finally returned to nottingham on december 11th got his first game back in action played 89 minutes again in that left back left wing back role this time they they alternate between that back 3 and back 5 depending on opponent depending on who's healthy who's fit um but he was again had a great game he was very successful passing the ball forward he was progressive but not overly aggressive which is a key factor of that right back left back position these days right you see it so often where that wing back will try and make that insightful pass he'll try to kind of thread that needle and when it doesn't work especially in the middle of the park then you're caught out on the break because with the positioning of modern day wing backs You really can leave your center backs exposed, especially if you don't have a center mid covering for you. And he had a really nice run at the end of the game with a shot on target that uh, the goalie parried out and Brennan Johnson scored. Um, But yeah, Jordy was great. Two interceptions, three tackles. These long balls were 100%. He was dribbled past only once, which again, for him is is fairly good. He's got good recovery speed. He's aggressive. He likes to put a foot in. Um, But yeah, something he still needs to work on, obviously. But it was a great... great performance and I was excited to see him doing well at an exciting team and then second game back from injury he gets injured again has to come off early and you know what the Arsenal recalled him that was what had to happen he was coming back to train he wasn't healthy things weren't working out at Nottingham but you know Arsenal really wanted Jordy to be out on loan they have quite a few right backs in the academy but Jordy, they found him alone at Rotherham. He, you know, finished training in January at Arsenal, getting back to full fitness. I mean, you know, credit to him. It's been a long run of injuries and really just he's been quite unlucky. He's a very skilled player. But they found a loan for him at Rotherham. He he made two substitute appearances trying to get match fitness back. Finally made his first start this past week. And he he played all right. It was a much more advanced role than what we saw at Nottingham, even when he was in that back five. He was really playing almost more of a right mid role with kind of that influence of defense. So Rotherham are the first-place team in League One. They play an exciting style of football, and Jordy fit the bill. He he made one key pass. He won two out of three of his aerial duels. He he looked a little sluggish coming back from injury, honestly. he He didn't look fully fit, but with that cover in the back five and in that more advanced role and he had less you know, straight on defensive duties, he filled that role well, and this is a good place for him to be. It's almost the level of the championship. He's playing in a team with pretty high level players who are tactically aware, who are positionally aware, and that's the kind of team he needs to play in. He, he's, he's at his best with the ball at his feet and overlapping on the flank, right? When he has that inverted winger coming in to create the space between the midfielder and the left back. He's able to find space in behind, and his his best attribute is delivering that final ball. So, you know, we have to just hope that he can stay healthy and get these minutes. His contract does end at the end of this season. I don't know if there's a future for him at Arsenal. I don't think we'll offer him a new contract unless he really impresses at Rotherham. But Jordy will play for at least a second division team next year. He will get his chance if he can stay healthy. He has a lot of talent, and and he's been, you know, he's been at Arsenal for a while. He's 23. He's been out on loan now to four different clubs in the last four years. It's been a tough go of it, but you can't complain with his attitude, and that's a key aspect. At, at, at hail End, you see it with Saka especially. There's nobody with a better attitude in the Premier League. That guy fights for everything. He's not happy unless he wins. He's not happy unless he's at his best. But that doesn't stop him from being a team player and bringing that attitude to the pitch every day. And you see it on the field when his teammates act similarly. And Jordy has that same kind of mindset. You know, to fight back from these injuries, have all these unsuccessful loans, to keep having to go back and forth between his parent club and his loan club to train, it's been a long road. But... You know, we, we hope for the best at, at Rotherham the rest of the season, and who knows? I'm not ruling out a one-year extension if Arsenal do decide to not sign a right-back this summer and decide to go with some combination of Jordy and Brooke norton Cuffey or whoever it might be at that backup right-back position. A lot will ride on the next few months. But as of now, Jordy's at Rotherham, and he's continuing with that. Next player I want to talk about is a much more exciting defender, Uh, a player who really goes under the radar quite a bit at Arsenal and has now for a few seasons, Daniel Ballard. Daniel Ballard had a unbelievable first four months with Millwall. He started 20 games. I mean, 21 appearances at center back. They also play a five at the back. He's played mostly in that right center back role and He has added something to his game that I had not seen previously. Ballard wasn't considered somebody who probably had a bright future at Arsenal. We haven't had a high-ranking defensive prospect in a long time. And Ballard really has impressed at Millwall. Uh, He has scored one goal off of a corner kick. He's great in the air. He really keeps everything in front of him and knows when and how to put a foot in. Which is is key. Obviously, I mean, if, if you're on Arsenal Twitter, you know the big debate with Saliba is, oh, he plays in a five at the back. You know, that's not as hard. It's harder to judge. But I think that's, yes, there is some merit to that argument. But in this situation, Ballard has been pretty much faultless. He is averaging two interceptions per game, two tackles per game, almost four clearances a game. And he doesn't have a single error leading to a shot or a goal. He, he did play with Blackpool in 20, in the 2021 season. He spent six months at Swindon Town in the 1920 season. He, he was quite excellent with Blackpool, actually. But, again, we weren't sure that he had a future at Arsenal. But if he can continue to play this way, there's definitely an argument. I mean, we're at a point where we really only have three senior center backs in the squad right now. Gabrielle White and Holding. I mean, Zach Awe. Got a call-up for a massive game last week against Wolves into the squad. That shows you where we're at. Ballard has been excellent in Millwall. Unfortunately, picked up a knee injury in December and just finally made his return to the bench today uh, for their match against Derby that they won 2-1 but did not feature. But he will immediately come back into the team. I'll be shocked if he doesn't. He has been just excellent. And the thing that has surprised me most by far is how much space he has taken up on that right wing as a right center back. He has really played in a much more advanced position, and he looks much more comfortable than he ever did. His confidence at times when he's on the ball is definitely not as high as it needs to be. You can tell he's looking shaky. He's trying to get rid of the ball fast. He's trying to do something when there's nothing there. Um, and and you see that in his pass percentages. When he's playing long balls out of the back, he's only at 31%. You know. If you watch Arsenal, that's not going to work. Gabriel and White are, are two of the best center backs in the league at playing those long balls. White, obviously, especially. And Ballard would be more likely than not filling in in that right center back role if he were to ever, you know, play for Arsenal in the future or for next season. I don't know, for Europa League, Champions League, depending on so many factors, which is obviously, and will come up time and time again on this podcast, so hard to predict at the moment. I mean, whether we're in Conference League, Europa League, Champions League, or none, is going to be such a huge difference on whether or not these players get a chance to play next season. I mean, you saw it this year. Even with such a limited squad we have, there still isn't enough room for Omari Hutchinson to get the kind of game time that you would have seen in the past. I mean, say what you want about Europa League. The group stage is pretty much a joke. I mean, you can play anyone, and you're going to get through at the very least in that second position, more likely the first, obviously, unless you're Tottenham, who couldn't get out of the group stage of the Conference League. But Ballard, likely to come back in to the Millwall first team sooner rather than later. He already is playing consistently for Northern Ireland's senior team and scored his first competitive goal for them in a World Cup qualifier against Lithuania. So Ballard's stock has risen massively due to this loan. And I would say, I would go as far as to say, it has been the best loan for an Arsenal player out of Hale End, This season, far and away. I mean, he has had nearly no mistakes. uh, And Millwall fans I've seen feel similarly. They're really quite excited about what he's brought to them. And, you know, they're sitting 14th right now, but they, you know, they're not in threat of being relegated. They're happy to be where they are. And it's been great for Daniel. Uh, On another side, a player who I know was probably my number one to be a future Arsenal superstar and I think many of us felt the same way, was Reese Nelson. I mean, I remember watching him on that preseason tour in China and, and just thinking, okay, we have the next Neymar. Like, not even in a overhyping him way, he just had so much technical ability for a player that age that I hadn't really seen out of anyone. Amari uh, Hutchinson now kind of reminds me of that. And it just hasn't worked out for Risa. I'm not saying it's not going to. It certainly doesn't feel like it's going to at Arsenal. Obviously, with his this being... He has one more year on his contract. You know, he, he got some time under Arteta. He got his chance to shine. He played all right, but the confidence. The confidence. The confidence. Where is the confidence? For a player with so much skill. I, I just can't believe it. Anyway. He's at Feyenoord this season, which I thought was going to be a great loans place for him. I mean, he, as we all remember, was outstanding at Hoffenheim in that little stretch of play to start the season. I mean, he had a stretch of five goals and one assist in five games, and they were all pretty fabulous. I mean, he had an unbelievable curler off of a corner kick. He had a free kick goal. He had a couple unbelievable skills to create goals. I mean, I remember watching every Hoffenheim game. I mean, Reese was like, my pride and joy at the time and then he got injured and another player where the injuries have just been relentless and you have to wonder sometimes with a player like Jordy versus Reese Nelson is it a matter of commitment or is it a matter of unluckiness for Jordy it truly feels unlucky I I can't say enough about his commitment on the pitch and from what I read and have heard about him in training but Reese Nelson it it feels like someone with that kind of skill there's no excuse Uh, I'm totally in his corner. I believe that he will succeed, whether it's at Arsenal or another club. I, I think his future is still bright, but it hasn't been a good start of Feyenoord. And he's only got three starts in 17 games that he's even featured in this point of the season. And there weren't many injuries in the first half of the year, but he's now had covid Got injured again. He's not in the team. The manager is saying that he needs to see more from him, and he's a little disappointed by him, which seems to be kind of a common thread. I'm not necessarily saying that there's an issue in the locker room, but it does seem that managers think he doesn't put his all in or doesn't have the confidence to bring everything he does in training to the pitch. But he did play very well in his few starts. His his first start for Feyenoord was in the Conference League. He scored the winning goal. He was passing, 86% passing. He was two shots on target, three or four dribbles successful. I mean, you know, a classic Reese Nelson game. If you've watched him play, especially against lesser competition, he's hard to play against. He, I mean, he can take on any man. He can score from pretty much anywhere, and he always puts a dangerous ball in the box. And he did the same in his first Erevedice start. Uh, he had four key passes. He won seven ground tools, six tackles, He was 100% successful dribbles, 100% successful crosses, almost 90% passing accuracy. I mean, he was everywhere. These are the kind of performances you expect to see from Reece Nelson, especially on loan in a division that really highlights players with his talent. I mean, think of Anthony at Ajax or David Neres, what he used to do at Ajax. I mean, these, these types of players really thrive in this league, and I think that's why Arsenal chose Feyenoord as a destination for Reece. Obviously, there were links to Brighton in the summer, Crystal Palace in the summer. But this is where they sent him, and they I, I think it was for him to gain his confidence back. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened. He has one goal and one assist in 17 appearances, three starts. You know, you'd really have to think it'll turn for him at some point, but another player that I'm worried doesn't have a future at Arsenal. Uh, the way Arsenal are moving, the overload of talented players in the academy if you don't take your chances you're not going to get them again he had that consistent run of games under Arteta in his first in Arteta's first season as manager he scored that goal against Liverpool we all remember but you know it's tough hopefully he comes back from this injury he picked up in training gets a really nice run of games to end the season and, and gets his chance in preseason but the way it's looking right now Uh, I'm a little skeptical that we'll ever see Reece Nelson in an Arsenal jersey again. And that, for me, is tough because I really thought he was the future and and an automatic lock to be a star at Arsenal. But I do think he'll succeed elsewhere. And, you know, this is a great example of the kind of thing that happened with Serge Gnabry, where you have a player who's so clearly talented, but sometimes a change of scenery and a change of lifestyle is what it takes. And sometimes you can't do that without leaving the club you spent so long at. You need to not feel so comfortable. And that's not anyone's fault. That's just a natural thing that happens. Anyone who's played sports knows that, whether it's a team sport or a personal sport, that sometimes, it's not even sometimes. Confidence is key. Confidence is everything. And sometimes you need to change scenery to gain that confidence back. Speaking of change of scenery and confidence, Matt Smith at Doncaster this year, that is a player who has been a tale of two halves. He has been a regular in the team all season. 32 starts, 37 appearances, only February. I mean, 37 appearances is February 23rd. That's pretty psychotic. For a 21-year-old center midfielder, I mean, that's a lot of games. Uh, He's been on loan previously, six months at Charlton in 2021 uh, from January on. Six months at Swindon Town in the 1920 season. Neither were bad experiences. Neither were great experiences. Uh, he was quite young. Everyone obviously knows he was in that match day squad for the FA Cup final. He's lifted more FA Cup trophies than Harry Kane. No one likes that more than I do. Um, but, you know, Matt Smith had a really tough start to his season at Doncaster. He is the type of player, if you, if you haven't watched him, he's the type of player that you expect out of Hale End. He's kind of that mix of a six and an eight, but he's definitely not a six, and he's definitely not an eight. Um, he's kind of a fluid midfielder. He's creative. He likes to receive the ball deep and play passes ahead of him. He has great, great vision. Um, can't always make the pass happen that he wants, but he sees it. He he really sees the pitch well. But to start the season, he he really struggled under Richie Wellens. He had no goals. He had no assists. He hadn't created any big chances. It really, it, it wasn't a system that was working for him. Um, last year on loan, for example, at Blackpool, in just that six months he spent there, he created five big chances. He was averaging over a one and a half key passes a game with an 85% passing percentage. I mean, he was dominating the pitch. You you watched him play. He was the best player on the pitch almost every match. That hasn't been the case at Doncaster, but when Gary McSheffrey came in and, Late November, early December, it it totally changed for Matt Smith. He he moved into that right center mid role. That's not necessarily in the middle of the park. He kind of uses that right wing a little bit more. Picks the ball up deep, plays it forward, uh, and and he's been much better. I mean, he hasn't been amazing. He's still he's a little he lacks a little bit of athleticism uh, for that role in the modern game. He is a little slow to react to the play in front of him when he doesn't have the ball at his feet. When he has the ball at his feet, he, he's great. He he has a great future in that way, but I'm not sure he has that ability to be a 6'8 type player in a Premier League system. If, if we're thinking here, Connor Gallagher, or if we're thinking someone of that level, that kind of skill and that kind of role, that's where Matt Smith's ceiling would be. I don't think he has the athleticism to reach there. But he can really command a pitch and he's really knows how to pick out a pass. And he started to do that here at Doncaster now. Um, he's created four big chances in the last few weeks. He's averaging over a key pass a game now. He's he is finding his teammates. A change of system has been huge. They're playing a flat five midfield where he's really able to find pockets of space and find his teammates in those similar pockets. But again, another player where With the amount of players at Hale-End currently, it's hard to see him making it to the Arsenal first team. And a couple of years ago, you wouldn't have said that about Matt Smith. He really looked to be the kind of prototype player you get out of Hale-End. We'll we'll see what happens. He's going to finish the season at Doncaster. He's only 21 years old. They're having a poor season, 22nd place in League One, which has a lot to do with some of those lower numbers for Matt Smith, obviously. They're not scoring a whole heap of goals. They're really struggling in that front. And he's not surrounded by players with a similar level of technical skill as him. I mean, if you watch the games, when he receives a pass, he looks at the space behind him before he receives it. He looks at the space in front of him, and he tries to spray the ball all over the place. His teammates not so much, losing the possession more often, not necessarily getting into the right spaces. You know, these types of things happen on loan and can often dictate whether a player has a positive or negative loan experience. Which brings me to my next player and obviously one that all Arsenal fans are incredibly excited about and that's Fuller and Balagun. Balagoon, the you know, star key of Hail End at the moment, the player with the most upside potentially uh, of anyone, and, and someone that we were all f- afraid of losing last season. He ended up signing that contract extension, staying at Hail End, absolutely dominant in the first half of the season at the U23 level. I mean, we all know what he can do at that level. This season in 13 starts, he has 15 goals and 4 assists for the U23s. He's started the first couple games of the season uh in the Premier League obviously with the COVID stuff that happened. He looked a little bit weak at the Premier League level, and that's, you know, that's fair. That's <laughs> for a 20-year-old who hadn't had a lot of Premier League experience. Obviously, he looked great in those couple Europa League games. As I was saying earlier, Europa League, that would be the only positive from Europa League next year would be that that's really a place to develop players. I mean, Saka is not where he is right now if we weren't in the Europa League. That is where he came in, made the difference, and absolutely shined, and then got his chance in the Premier League. Balogun similarly, he he came into the Europa League last season and scored a goal, created some great opportunities. He looked strong on the ball. And he's now repeating that at Middlesbrough. Uh, He's been really excellent on the ball. Uh, I've I've spoken about this quite a bit on Twitter with some people, uh, especially Next Generation Arsenal, uh, which I hope everyone's following. They're about as good of a hailing account as you're going to find. But Balagoon is now playing in a much different setup than he ever has. He's not going to be playing with players with the technical abilities that an Arsenal youth player has. He's not going to be playing those close quarters one-twos that he was playing with either Beereth or Hutchinson or Patino or Saladin. That helped him create all those goals that he was scoring. But he is really learning how to play that number nine role a little better. They're playing that two strikers up top, uh, with him and Aaron Connolly. Connolly more of the run-in-behind striker, Balagoon more of the come in, play the pass play it to the teammate to your left, play it to the teammate to your right, you know, filter, move. He has that ability. You know, he, he's played a lot at the left wing uh, in his career at both the youth level and with Arsenal. He, he knows how to play those multiple positions and how to fill in the spaces. And he knows how to use his body, right? He doesn't always receive the ball perfectly, but he knows how to shield off at a defender. And something I've noticed that he's really gotten better at this season is his awareness of space. And I don't mean that when he has the ball. I mean that when he doesn't have the ball. Not only is he really getting much better at getting into those positions where he can receive the ball, but he is aware of his surroundings when he receives the ball, which is, if you ask any coach, one of the hardest things to teach and one of the hardest things to get better at. Because it's really all second nature. You have to be having eyes everywhere. I mean, I, I'm not comparing them to anybody else, but the best players in the world at that, they do it so sleekly. Like, you you can't even tell when you're watching. You have to slow it down, but they just take that ever so slight peer over their shoulder or that look behind, or they use their body. I mean, something Saka is amazing at. They use their body to create space before receiving the ball, right? They kind of faint, making the defender move one way or the other so that they can then turn the other way or pass the other way. And and my point being, that is what Balagoon has been excellent at so far. Uh, He's got two assists. He's created a lot of dangerous opportunities, Uh, Middlesbrough, Aaron Connolly specifically, not the greatest finisher. But this formation that Wilder's playing, I think is going to really help Balagoon adapt to senior football. He can score goals and nobody's doubting that. I don't think he needs to score any goals at Middlesbrough to convince anybody that he's going to be a prolific goal scorer. What he does need to do is get used to playing at this level week in and week out. The recovery, the speed of the game, the physicality of the game, and there's no better place to be doing it. By being paired up with another striker, he's able to both play striker and kind of that wide left wing position that he was playing at mostly this year uh, at the U23s with Biarrith as that target man. So the the best part of all this is he's getting just experience everywhere. Um, And he's a player who, the way he performs on loan for the rest of the season is going to decide a lot about our summer. If he performs in a way that is enough to be that third striking option next season behind Martinelli and whoever we bring in I mean, I don't think there's an Arsenal fan who believes we aren't going to bring in a potential world-class striker or somebody who has the ability, whether it's Isaac, Oseman, I mean, Jao Felix now rumored. I think that's highly unlikely. I would love Jao Felix. I think it's unlikely. But, you know, that makes a big difference. So let's see what he can do. I think he's going to really, really do well at Middlesbrough. Chris Wilder is an excellent manager. Obviously, we saw what he did with Sheffield United. Kind of a poor ending there, but... To bring them to where they got to, for them to finish that high in the table his first year in the Premier League, excellent manager. He knows, I mean, if you watch uh, McGoldrick when he was playing for Sheffield United, Balogun's kind of taking up a similar position. Um, They didn't score a lot of goals at Sheffield United, if you remember. That was their big issue. But McGoldrick was great in the interplay, and Balogun's going to be doing the same. Um, He's he's got two assists, as I mentioned, two big chances created, one key, key pass per game. He's, his passing numbers, his accuracy is up from the U23 level. He's really, really becoming a more complete player. And I think Arsenal picked out a perfect loan for him here. I'm just going to run through a couple now of players who, you know, have been out on loan, haven't had great experiences, and, and you probably won't see play for Arsenal in the future. Jonathan D'Zayi is one. Was on loan at Carlisle United for the first six months of the season. He got three starts, three appearances, wasn't really an injury thing. Didn't really work out. He's 22 already in his last year of his contract. You know, he he was also a you know a Tottenham uh, in their academy. He'll have a future in, in English football. He's physical. He's tall, but he doesn't really have the technical ability. He he's often in the complete wrong position, like almost mindlessly not paying attention and. You know, it's, it's become a much more popular thing to be talked about these days, mindset. And I've mentioned it a few times, and it will be a common theme on this podcast. But the mindset ha- isn't there for him. And, and although at times he can play well, it's like a tale of two tapes, right? In his league trophy match, he had 90% passing. Two, He had a clean sheet. He had two clean sheets in the league trophy. He's averaging three and a half tackles a game, four clearances. He wasn't dribbled past, no errors, winning almost all his ground duels. But then in his League 2 match that he started, he, he had 50% passing. He got dribble pass. He lost possession almost 10 times. He looked completely lost. And it, it's hard to imagine seeing him succeed at Arsenal with that kind of inconsistency. And that's exactly what we're moving away from, right? If you watch us now in the first team or or, or the academy, consistency is key. Whether or not we're at our best, the team is structured so that the consistency will be there. The players don't switch off the way they used to. I mean, that was the big thing, right? I mean, that 4-4 four, four Newcastle, right? The the, the players switching off, not paying attention, that was a huge mistake. I mean, Mustafi, you look at Mustafi's stats. The guy was consistently amazing at and all the key stats, but you watch the game. I mean, he would just like that, switch off. Like that, switch off. He he would just completely miss things. And David Luiz, I mean, you, we could keep naming Horrible Arsenal center backs. Uh, we could do this for hours. But uh Dinze is kind of in that mold. He has the ability, but the mindset's not there. He He's back at Arsenal now. He's not even really featuring with the U23s. Uh, I think he'll leave this summer, and, and that'll be that. And you know what? That happens quite a lot, and that, that'll have to be that. Another player who I, I think is actually quite an interesting profile uh, and one who I don't think will make it at Arsenal uh, he, he was out on loan at Ross County and had a great six months, but then returned and was sent to Hibernian on loan with an option to buy that is likely to be put through. Uh, I believe it had to do with finances on the Hibernian side and why it wasn't made permanent already. He's Harry Clark. Uh, Harry Clark was a center back for most of his youth time at Arsenal. He's only 20 years old now and played his first few matches at Ross County in that center back position. And then, I don't know whether it was something Ross County saw in him, uh, a preference of his, or just merely a numbers thing, but he he was moved out to right back, and wow, he was exciting to watch on the right wing. I really hadn't seen that element of his game. Uh, he had three goals and two assists, 15 starts, 17 appearances. And it honestly seemed like kind of a flawless transition for him because Watching him at center back, he was he felt a little undersized. He wasn't always the best at putting a foot in. You really weren't dribbling past him. He was great at keeping play in front of him. But I think that was mostly out of pure caution due to the fact that he wasn't a great tackler of the football, right? So he didn't want to take those risks. So he kept everything in front of him, which isn't always a good thing, right? Because then you're just kind of letting the pressure come to you. But he kind of made a seamless transition into right back and looked great going forward. And an excellent crosser of the football. Um, he he could shoot quite well. I mean, I don't think he's scoring from out of the box consistently, but I mean, you watch most games these days and both a right back and a left back will take a shot from 30 yards. That's just how advanced they are and how much space, you know, they're taking up. Obviously the modern game, that's such a huge aspect of the game. And Harry Clark brings that dynamic to the game. He really is interesting. Um he doesn't have the technical ability in the close quarters play that you see with a lot of that interchanging uh you know using Arsenal as an example on that right side you see Odegaard Saka Tomiyasu or Cedric whoever's playing where you know Tomi will play it in to Odegaard who will play it to Saka where they've made that triangle and then the right back either overlaps or steps in for Odegaard and Odegaard creates the next triangle up ahead uh, he doesn't have that um that's why I don't think he has a future and again as I've said there are so many right-backs in Arsenal's system right now. I mean, Ruel Walters and Ibrahim are, are two guys now playing at right-back for Arsenal who also seem really bright. And I think a lot of that has to do with Betsy and what he's established now in that team. Uh, I think the formation really plays well to teaching players how to use space. Um, players, a lot of the players at Arsenal at the at End currently are either learning new positions or being put in new positions or are learning new skills by being in those positions. I mean, it's countless. And that's not what I'm here to discuss, but I, I do think that is another reason uh, why Harry Clark will be on his way out. Uh, he just picked up an injury when he got to Hibernian. Hasn't featured for them quite yet, but he'll be back shortly. And I think I think he's going to be a fun one to watch in the future. He'll, he'll play for Hibernian. Uh, maybe he'll make a move. In a couple of years to, you know, either Celtic or Rangers or back to England, but I do think he's a name to watch, and he has surprised me. That's all I'll say. Of all the players on the list, he's probably surprised me positively more than anybody. Another player in Scotland who has just been sent out now in, in January is Tim Akinola. Uh he's had Dundee United, which was kind of an odd move for a player of his age um who who has the experience he has at the youth level and he hasn't even really featured he's gotten one start he played 45 minutes in that start and he was pretty good that's the thing he was good in that one start he, he's he been there now he's been on the bench for five games um but he was great in the 45 minutes he played he was really successful passing the ball he wasn't cheap with it giving it away he Three out of four successful dribbles, four to seven ground duels one one out of two aerial duels one a tackle, and it wasn't dribble passed. I mean, if you've watched the U23s this year, that's exactly the kind of performance you'd expect from Tim Akinola. He is really kind of a beast in that midfield in the most obvious use of the term. Like, he is physically incredibly strong. He's fast. He has great intuition of reading passes and reading a player's mind and where he wants to go. Um, but he has kind of a bit, a bit of an odd background. He, he didn't sign for a club until he was 16 when he signed for Mansfield. And then he bounced around. He was at Lincoln City, Lincoln United. He was at Huddersfield and then signed for Arsenal at, at 19. That's an odd odd thing for a, for a player to make that jump to Arsenal. But he was thrown right in the fire, played more U23 games than anybody last season and made a seamless transition from right wing where he played most of his career growing up Uh, to defensive midfield, which another one you don't see a lot. But if you watched him play right wing at Huddersfield, you would wonder why he wasn't playing defensive mid. He's just so tenacious. And that's why I thought a lone move to either a championship side or a League One side would have made more sense because he really plays with that grit and style that you need in the championship where you kind of have to go balls to the wall. Whatever it is, whether it was cash thing or a preference of Tim's, here he is, he's at Dundee, I don't think it's going to be a great loan spell for him, but who knows if he puts in another performance like that and gets consistent starts, any senior football is good experience. Uh, and, and again, we've spoken about the midfield at Hale end. there, there just isn't enough room for all these guys. So he's another player who will find it tough to make it at Arsenal. He's doesn't have the technical ability that Arteta employs in midfield, but who knows? We've seen crazier things happen. I mean, Listen, nobody thought Francis Cokeland was going to make it in Arsenal as a defensive midfielder. And then all of a sudden, there he was being a mainstay in the team for a couple of seasons. So anything's possible. If you want to talk surprises, it's time to talk Carl Hein. I think he may be one of the best kept secrets in world football. He is 19 years old, a goalie. He's a goalkeeper who's 19 years old, and he's now on loan at Reading. He just went in January. He's already made that job his own. He is already Estonian national team's. Bang on number one. He's got 12 starts at age 19. Just turned 19. 12 starts for the national team. I don't care what country it is. At 19 years old, they've made 12 starts. He debuted as an 18-year-old in September of 2020, and he's made 12 starts for Estonia's national team. It's incredibly impressive. He is tall. He is lanky. He is a freak athlete. I mean, goalie development is incredibly interesting. It's one of the hardest ones to predict. It's one of the hardest ones to manage. But I would have to say this was a great loan move. Redding are in an absolute scrap at the bottom of the table with Derby um, for relegation or staying in the championship. He's going to face tons of shots. That defense is leaky. And two of the games he's played so far have been like masterclasses. In his third game for Redding, he had a clean sheet for Peterborough. He was the championship team of the week goalie. Eight saves Two punches, four saves from shots inside the box. I mean, this is the kind of stuff he's going to be under fire every single match for, and you know, that could sh- that could shake his confidence if it goes poorly. He's had a few games where he's let in some goals, and he's really grown already just in the five games there. Third game, it was against Peterborough. I just mentioned he was phenomenal. Um, this past week against Birmingham, seven saves again, four saves from inside the box, and by far his best game distributing the ball. Obviously. I mean, we've talked about the modern game plenty already, but goalies distributing the ball is like number one over shot stopping. I mean, you look at Man United with De Gea, like nothing's holding them back more than De Gea, and he's arguably been their best player this year. As confusing as that is, like you need a goalie who's good with the ball at his feet. So uh, I think this is a great loan move for for Carl, and I'm very, very excited for the rest of the season. If he keeps that number one spot from Luke Southwood, which I think he will, I think, you know, uh, we're blessed with goalies. I mean, Carl Heine, Arthur, and Conquo, we we have a bunch of goalies. It's another interesting spot where, does Arsenal buy a second keeper this summer? Or do we roll with a Conquo-Carl Heine combo of some kind as the second keeper? Again, depends on a lot of factors. But there are a lot of things at stake here for these players on loan, and you can tell with some of them what it means to them. And that is so true for Brook and Orton Cuffey. Uh, I mean, how much time do I have? He is my favorite prospect at Hale Inn. Obviously, he doesn't have the ability of Amari Hutchinson, Charlie Patino, Salah Adina. I don't need to keep naming players, but I don't think any of them will have an impact in the first team faster than Brooke. He is a freak athlete. I mean, for those American football fans, it's like. Watching a running back play right back, he is so fast. He is so strong. He is he has such good lateral movement. I mean, anytime you watch him, it, like he won't even be near the ball, and you'll just see him flying or running or jogging on the pitch, and he immediately attracts your eye. He's just so physically dominant for his age. Eighteen years old. Uh, started the season he was seventeen. He has excellent crossing ability. I think. What's most underrated about him is his ability to decide when to cross, right? It's not just crossing. It's not just getting to the byline and shoving it back across goal. It's picking out your moments, right? If you receive the ball just above the box with some space, which is quite often the case for wingbacks, that's where they can be very dangerous. It's good to play in a ball from there and mix up your deliveries, low, high, different angles. He is so good at that and so intelligent. He doesn't just go willy-nilly with it. He makes a decision and almost always makes the right decision. And that's why I wasn't surprised when he went on loan ahead of Alibiosu. uh Ryan did end up going on loan later in the window, but Brook needs senior football. He is simply too dominant to keep playing at the U23 level. He His biggest weakness, and that's, it's a weakness that almost every young defender has is his positioning and lapse of concentration at times. But at the U23 level, with his speed and recovering abilities, it it doesn't even make a difference. Nobody's getting by him and then continuing to get by him. He always regains that inside position. And so far at Lincoln, that's been the case. He's at Lincoln now, Lincoln City. He's made three starts, seven appearances. And this most recent one, although they lost against Bolton, he was... Unbelievable. His crosses, his one twos he was playing, the dribbles he was making to get by players. I mean, I'm very, very excited for him. And I think if he continues to stay healthy, first and foremost, and continues to perform well at Lincoln, you are likely to see him feature heavily in the preseason and potentially be your right back cover for Tomiyasu along with Cedric next season. I think that's my absolute hottest take from this episode is that Brooke Norton Cuffey will be featuring for Arsenal regularly next season, assuming we make European football of some kind. I will continue to laud him over the course of the next few weeks unless things change. I He has been the player I've been watching most closely all season, and I'm just very excited that he went on loan at this time because I really do think this was his only chance at being a key member of the first team next year, and he's already proving to be taking that chance in stride. Talk about mentality. This is a kid with a strong mentality. We just spoke about Ryan, so I'm just going to go right to him next. Ryan Alabiosu on loan at Crew Alexandra, 19-year-old right back. He played quite well at the U23 level this season. Not somebody going into the year that I thought was going to even necessarily get as much game time as he's gotten. Uh, he, He had 12 starts. 14 appearances total for the U23s this year, Uh, a goal and seven assists, seven assists for Ryan. He's started all four games that he's played in. Uh, He's just recently picked up a knock, so hasn't played the last couple of games, but he's doing the same thing he was doing at the U23s. He's averaging one key pass per game, 80% passing, one successful cross per game, two and a half tackles per game, two clearances per game. The kind of numbers you want to see from a player playing in a defense that takes on a lot of pressure. I don't think it's likely he features for the first team next year. I think it's likely you'll see him go on loan for a full season next year, hopefully to a championship side. But remember, not every player can possibly make it at Arsenal. Not a possibility. This is a great loan spell for him. He'll have another good one, hopefully, next year. We'll continue to watch him closely this year. I mean, I'm not saying there's no chance he plays for Arsenal next year in the first team. I mean, there are a billion of different things. I mean, Brooke Norton Cuffey could have a bad end of year. He could... Pick up an injury. Ryan Labiosu could just be so good the rest of the season that he deserves the chance. Who knows? That's why these loans are so important. We'll just keep rolling with the right backs because Arsenal just have God too many of them and was such an issue for us over the last, what, decade since Bakary Sonia left? But Ainsley Maitland-Niles, you know, he's really such an interesting case. This loan makes no sense to me for a multitude of reasons. I mean, obviously the center mid cover in January with, uh, I can't even possibly talk about what we had to watch in in the month of January. And and the fact that everyone knew it was coming, but it's puzzling. Uh, Clearly there's been some sort of disconnect with Arsenal and Maitland Niles for a long time. Now we sent him on loan to West Brom late last season for six months. So we could play some midfield went. Okay. Played 15 matches for them. No goals or assists. He was solid. Uh, he played midfield for us this year. He he put in a great performance against Watford that we all remember. But he kind of refused to play right back and left back for us. That was the story, right? That's what we all kept reading and hearing. Like, he's only going to play if he can play center mid. So, I guess Arteta didn't want to play with center mid, and that's what he wanted to do. So, they sent him on loan to Roma, and what do you know? He's playing right back and left back for Roma. I don't know if it's a Marino thing and convincing him, or he just hated Arsenal so much at this point that he didn't want to be there. Or he wanted a fresh start, whatever it is. I have no really harsh words to say about him. I think he started his career playing as right wing, then moved to center mid and then was stuck at left back wing put him there because as we all know, Wenger loved to play players out of position to teach them things. and And it just hasn't worked out. You know, he's kept two clean sheets. He's played both at left back, both at right back, doing the same things we've seen him do where he's. Very, very good at, at tackling. He gets dribble pass once in a while, but he's good. he's got a great recovery speed. The final ball still kind of missing. That's been the thing, right? Like, uh, There's nothing been more frustrated than, remember that first period when Arteta came in and we were playing five at the back and Maitland Niles was playing so great defensively and really was playing well, flanking those wings. And then it would come to playing that final ball. And I mean, one of every two would be skied up into row Z. Like, it, it was really quite confusing. I don't have much to say about this. Uh, very confusing. He's 24 now. Obviously, this this his career at Arsenal has to be over. I, I don't imagine a world in which he plays again for us. I think it's likely he gets sold in the summer to maybe Roma if Mourinho wants him, if Mourinho even stays. I mean, who knows with Mourinho these days? Talk about a guy who's lost his mind. But I, I think his career at Arsenal is definitely finished, but I do think his future is at right back and left back. Uh, I don't think he has the skill or the ability to play center midfield for a full season for any club uh, at, at the first highest level. If he's that desperate, he may have to play championship football, but he's, he's ways too skilled to be doing that. So we'll just keep an eye on that. Got a couple guys left to do here. One that's now been in two different places this year, Nikolai Moeller, who is a very interesting profile. Anyone who's watched him play U23 or play for Victoria Cohn, which is where he was to start the season uh now he was recalled now back on loan at Den Bosch he is a lanky guy he is tall he is strong and he is aggressive um he he had a bright start at Victoria Cone. uh 13 uh 13 appearances seven starts three goals and two assists uh i mean i remember watching him at the beginning of the season and talk about a team that you know doesn't play up to the technical ability that our players are used to Victoria Cone, that was i mean it was hard to watch some of that. He he was great though. He was holding up the ball. He was winning aerial duels, ground duels. He was really showing himself as an option to his teams, and he was the only outlet. Like when I say the only outlet, like he's there were nine men in their own third, and then it was Muller just going back and forth from the left and right side, trying to you know be an outlet for the team, and he was great. He needs to be a little more clinical in front of goal. I'll be the first to say it. He missed a few big chances. Um, but he had a really quite a bright start uh, at, at Cohn just in terms of his interplay and and how he looked in senior football. And unfortunately, in one of those freak things where, you know, you go up for a header and the player behind him kind of pulled out the chair, like didn't ended up not going up for the challenge. So Muller landed right on his back. He he was out for a little while. And then right when he was coming back, he got COVID. So that alone just kind of it went south. Towards the end, he, he scored a few goals in, in the Landeskoppel cup, which is like a, a regional cup in, in Germany, but he only played two games of, of full 90 minutes um, the whole time in Victoria Cologne. So That didn't work out. Uh, it was kind of an odd one to begin with. Uh, I don't think anyone really thought that's where he'd go. Maybe he wanted to be closer to home. He's Swedish. Um, but he was recalled from loan, sent out to Den Bosch, which is, I think, a great fit for him. He's now started both games he's played for them, playing in that striker role, now playing with two strikers, which I think will be better for him. If you remember in the U23s last year, he played a lot of that two striker with Balagoon, and they played, they paired very well. So I think this is a good place for him. It's the second division in, in the Netherlands. And we'll keep an eye on that. I'm, He's a player who has a very bright future. Again, Arsenal have so many young players. There's no way of predicting, but... He'll play this season alone. He'll definitely go out on loan again next year, hopefully to a championship side. And he—he he definitely has a bright future. He's so athletically skilled and so technically skilled for someone of his height. Like his his ability with the ball at his feet is quite surprising. Like it doesn't always look pretty, but he gets the job done. And if he can get more clinical in front of goal, he's—he's he's definitely got a future. And, and speaking of, I mean, te- technically skilled, Tyrese John Jules. Talk about a guy who has it all. He. Maybe the most well-rounded number nine Arsenal have anywhere in the ranks from Lacazette down to Kaon Edwards. But he, man, he can't stay healthy. He went to Blackpool to start the season. He He spent, last year, he spent at Doncaster. He spent six months at Lincoln City in 2020, both plagued with injuries. Good moments at both. Highly spoken about by both managers, but plagued by injuries. Goes to Blackpool. You know, he got a run of games, nine starts and 12 appearances but they kind of forced him out to the wing. He played some games at left wing. He played some games at right wing. He's a true number nine. He needs to be playing as a sole striker up top, coming back to the ball, then using his positioning to find space in behind. I mean, the kind of stuff you see from number nines. Lacazette is an example of that, obviously not one that we're all too fond of at the moment. I mean, he, he's definitely struggling in front of goal, but Tyrese John Jules is a player in that mold. He had two assists in an EFL Cup game early on, a couple games in. And he just didn't impress the manager at left wing. He struggled. Not a position he wants to play. Not a position Arsenal sent him on loan to play. Kind of an odd situation. He never got his chance at striker. He didn't pick up an injury and the manager just dropped him from the team altogether. Like, not even just to the bench. Like, just wasn't making the squad. That was that. Kind of his season ended there with them. And he got recalled in January. Sent back out to Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday. Where Darren Moore is the manager, whom he did play under at Doncaster in 2020, 2021, and he played very well under. So it made sense. He had five goals and three assists for them. It's an exciting time at Sheffield Wednesday. They are trying to get promoted. I mean, these are the kind of matches you want a striker to be in where the goals mean a lot. Uh, John Jewell's got one appearance as a substitute, picked up an injury. It's frustrating. I mean, it must be so frustrating for him and all these players I've spoken about who have been dealing with these injuries. He is really a talented player. He is so, so, so technically skilled in every aspect. Not only can he score with both feet and his head in a lot of different ways, but he may even be better than Balagoon when it comes to receiving the ball and finding the man. He is not only great at that, but receiving the ball and taking on his own man with his back to goal. Like, he can do things with the ball at his feet that will surprise you consistently. It's not once a game, it's consistent. I'm... We'll say he definitely has a future at Arsenal. He's going to have to come back and be healthy for some of the season at Sheffield Wednesday, or it's going to be tough for him moving forward. You know, he's not going to get a chance next season if he does not come back and impress at Sheffield Wednesday. This is a very important six months for Tyrese. Let's see what happens. I'm a huge fan of him. I know a lot of people are and have been for a while. I mean, he was excellent at the U23 level a couple years ago and just hasn't been able to stay healthy on loan since then. But he'll be back. It's not a major injury. The last player on loan. Sorry, this has been a long one. Just catching up on the entire season here of loan players. Moving forward, we'll be talking much more week to week and keeping it short and sweet. We'll be keeping everyone updated on what's going on with our loan players, both on loan at clubs and what's going on with our HLN players when they're playing for their international teams. But the last player, just to touch on, Miguel Aziz uh, spent the first six months of the season at Portsmouth, uh, was recalled in January. He... You know, he had an interesting time there. He he made eight starts and 10 appearances uh, in six months. He had an injury, but couldn't really get consistent game time. I really thought Danny Cowley, who's the manager there, would have been perfect for him. He was the manager who managed Smith Rowe at Huddersfield and really did so great. Another one that it made perfect sense to loan. And it just shows you, like, there's no such thing as a sure thing when it comes to loans. You never know how it's going to play out. There's too many factors you can't control. And oftentimes... Things like this happen where it just didn't work out. Aziz came in, he played his first few matches as a number 10 uh, in that kind of free-roaming position. And it didn't really suit his game so much. He is a creative player, Aziz, and we all know that. He has unbelievable ability. But he needs to pull the strings from a little bit of a deeper position and have the players in front of him where he can kind of see them better than rather than at his side and trying to play balls in from behind that way, if you follow So he kind of struggled there. He was losing possession too much. He didn't, you could tell he looked uncomfortable on the ball that high up the pitch as his starting position, right? He's good with receiving the ball that high up the pitch when he's already been a part of the play, but for him starting position there, he never really got into the games. He then moved into a deeper role and really hit the ground running in the five games. He started in a deeper role as kind of that hybrid six, eight pivot. He made 10 key passes. He had a goal and an assist, a great goal from inside the box uh, with a first-time rocket into the top corner. Again, another player where the biggest issue was the players around him were not up to par technically the way he is. Uh, And we've seen it now with him back at the U23 level, he, he really needs to play some senior football. He's too talented to be playing either at Portsmouth or at the U23s. He needs a loan to a championship side or a Bundesliga side, I think would be great for him somewhere where he can really play with players of similar ability and get up to speed because the big thing for him now is just going to be that. Like He's not up to the speed of senior football. He even looked a little slow in that U23 game just from a lack of matches. You don't want to waste and stall somebody with that. So it's a big six months for him now back with the U23s. Needs to play consistently, needs to get back up to his form, needs to play in the preseason, and then more likely than not, go out on loan. I think Bundesliga would be the best place for him. Get a full year of senior football and he's a guarantee to make it at Arsenal or a Premier League club. He is very, very talented and there's no doubt about that. Well, unless I've missed anyone who's gone on loan, we've now detailed all 15 players who were either out on loan at some point this year or currently out on loan or a mix of both. Uh, obviously, we have those six players who were recalled from the loans, of which four went back out on loan. And I've will i promised to keep this much shorter moving forward. Just wanted to start it off hot with... Going through everybody who is from Hail End and gone out on loan this year. Every week, Thursdays, we will be posting this podcast, keeping you up to date on what's happened in the past week with p- players away from Hale End. And please, reach out to me on Twitter, at Balagunner14. Handle name is Hale End Productions. You can DM me, you can tweet at me, whatever you want, whatever questions you have. I'd be happy to have people come on discuss players. Please hook me up with fans of any of these teams that our players are on loan at. I'd love to have them on. Tell us about what they've seen in their own team that's changed since a End player has come through, what hasn't gone right, what has gone right. Just want to be here to inform people who have the same passion as I do about End and our players. And I always, you know, when I don't have the time, I always wish there was a place I could go to find this information. So I hope to bring that to everyone else who has that same passion, because if there's one thing I've learned from creating this account is I'm not the only one who loves watching our Academy players and really has a pride in it. And really just feels differently when they find a hell end player, make it at Arsenal with the first team. And you're seeing that with Sokka and Smith row right now, and hopefully many more to come. And this is where it all starts, man. I mean, Smith Rowe, everyone talks about that Huddersfield loan as being the difference maker. That's when he really made a big step up and was able to come into the first team that next season. I mean, Jack Wilshere did it at Bolton. Ashley Cole did it at Crystal Palace. There are endless, endless numbers. You're looking at it right now with other clubs. Connor Gallagher at Chelsea. Armando Broja at Chelsea, also from Chelsea. There are just. This is such an important time and such an underrated aspect of the game. And I'm just excited to discuss this with people as passionate as I am and and who want to learn more about the Arsenal players out on loan from Hale End. So thanks for listening and please reach out with any questions, comments, anything you want to say. Happy to talk. Always love interacting with fans and we'll talk next week.